Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. This weather pattern reminds me of the movie The Groundhog Day. Only we'll have to call it The Groundhog Week. It seems every week is a repeat of the last. Two days of dry, two days of wet. Here locally, uh, some of the guys got a swing at it from Friday through about Tuesday before getting knocked out. But to the north, a lot of you guys have never turned a wheel or got knocked out early on Saturday. You know, as we were planting here at Clinton on Saturday, we watched some pretty heavy clouds pass to the north. And it wasn't long and you guys up there were texting us pictures back of water running out of the fields. You know, everybody's looking for hours they can run, not days. Every hour counts now. Saturday night when we were planting, it was after 1 a.m. in the morning, and I looked around across the neighborhood and I saw tractors moving everywhere. Farmers are scratching and clawing for every acre they could get. I was impressed at the pictures. Several of you texted to me uh, of your cross slices of your furrows after you got your planters to dance. Some of you guys could be dance instructors. Everyone was quick to learn a good dancer's light on his feet. David Feaster said, um, this podcast should be labeled Teaching Your Planner to Sing in the Rain. <laughs> and I, I guess I agree with that. I need to throw a shout out to the pest bosses out there and their teams. Uh, it's time to follow up on the planted corn and bean fields out there. Uh, the cutworm are feeding. Uh, we are seeing feeding and getting calls from guys that are now spraying for the cutworm. Again, controlling the cutworm is easy. Replanting is not, so don't miss this one. I realize scouting is easier said than done in some of these fields. Those of you that have drones, put those birds in the air and test your flying skills. You can see the cut plants if you fly close enough off the, off the top of, that, uh, of the ground there. If you don't have a drone, it's time to get muddy. You know, maybe send the kids or grandkids out there barefoot. They would get a kick out of that. One grower said he needs to spray, but the field is too wet. Uh, this is not a good excuse. Uh, go by air if you can't get there on the ground. Bring the planes in and spray. That's a lot easier than bringing the planter back. We never walk away from a growing crop. The pest teams need to scout close on these emerging soybeans as well. We've seen a number of bean leaf beetle activity uh, already the past two weeks. You know, beans can handle a lot of leaf feeding without too much damage. It's the feeding on the hypocotyl and the cotyledons that worry me. As beans are trying to emerge, bean leaf beetle feeding on that cotyledonary arch that's pulling the cotyledons to the surface is going to be a problem. It doesn't take much feeding and the hypocotyls lose their turgor pressure and that bean's not going to emerge. Bean leaf beetle will migrate to whatever bean field they can find. So if yours is the only one emerging in the neighborhood, the neighborhood population is going to come to you. Beetle feeding on the hypocotyl is not something you will be able to see with the drone. So as you scout those beans, these little critters will scurry and and duck and hide so you really want to look for the feeding more than the beetle look for damage or chunks taken out of the hypocotyls as those beans are trying to get out of the ground now farmers who don't have pest teams tend to notice the field emerging slow uneven from the road 
and have suffered some considerable population losses before they figure out they're under attack. So the pest team, your job is to protect the farm against all attacks, even a sneak attack. So, of course, you'll be collecting emergence counts and evaluating stands in these fields as you're doing your scouting. While early planted beans are holding their own for what they went through, some of this early planted corn is looking rough. Take note not only how many plants are up, but what stage they are in. No doubt, some of these fields are in bad shape. Now, the good news is we don't have a lot of them. So as you do your assessments, uh, if you would like some help in making replant calls, let us know. The list of fields to look at for replanting is growing, and we'll try to knock them out as fast as we can. But at this point, we will accept a lot more stand loss than most years because of the time it will take to replace that existing stand. Last fall, when no nitrogen got applied, we were talking about coming up with a plan B. Where we stand today, most of you are probably working on plan F, G, or H, or, or further back. A lot of the questions on changing hybrids, crop changes, preventive planting, or mudding it in for insurance coverage, a lot of those questions uh, we've been dealing with the last three or four days. And on this topic, I can hear and feel the anxiety in your voices when we have these discussions. My advice is try to take the emotion out of this decision and answer it with more facts and figures. Not every farm is the same. Not every field is the same. The consensus at the coffee shop may not be the right choice for you. Some of you have landlords without insurance. Some of you have minimum coverage. Others carry maximum coverage. Some of you have high APHs and some low APHs. Some of you are locked and loaded with all your herbicide and fertilizer on, while others are still naked and don't have the investment in these fields. Some have large portions of this crop sold, and they need bushels to fill those contracts. We need to take each field and sit down and run all the scenarios. Talk to your insurance agent, your bankers, your landlords, so everybody's on the same page. As we move closer to the last week in May, the first two weeks in June, yes, we are giving up yield. In corn, we're probably giving up 30, 40 bushel. But a lot of you guys have fields that typically run in the 260 to 280 bushel range, meaning we're still talking about the ability to reach 240 bushel corn even when we're planted in that first week in June. Yes, we could have an early frost or freeze, and it could further derail the yields, but how many times in your career have you been caught with an early freeze? And we could also have a repeat of 2017, where we had May 28th to June 2nd fields, planted fields, going over 300 bushel. You saw that in a number of our plots. So I think pulling 30 bushel out of your expectations is a good number, on corn, meaning a lot of you would still have two 240 bushel potential in this crop. Some of you are thinking you're going to get a half a crop. Now that's coffee shop drama getting to you guys. You're better than that. And you also know you never walk away from a growing crop. Planting this crop late will bring a 
plevy of issues that we have to deal with throughout the season as it unfolds. But it's nothing that we can't handle, especially with a good pest team. With beans, some of you are wondering, what should we use for a number on these later planted soybeans, especially on landlords without insurance, meaning that something needs to be planted? In a lot of cases, this would be soybeans on soybeans. Looking at many, many yield maps, we would tell you that beans on beans typically is going to run 5 to 7 bushel under first year beans. Now it seems to stabilize there, meaning it doesn't continue to drop if we're dealing with more yields of beans on beans. So, if my beans made 85 bushel last year, can I expect 78 to 80 bushel this year if I go beans on beans? Mm, well, maybe not. Bean yields the past few years are related to the fact that we increased nodal growth and the beans were big enough to flower before the solstice. With these later planted beans, we'll get more normal nodal growth and the flowering will happen after the solstice and I believe that will show up in yield. I know you planted beans last year, May 5th to May 10th, and they still went 80 bushel. But remember, we had the warmest May and June on record to get those beans flowering before the solstice. May 5th beans last year acquired enough GDUs by the solstice to match up to normal planting date by April 1st. This year, beans will be going in late May, early June, where we can't acquire the same GDUs to get enough growth and pre-solstice flowers like last year. If you are trying to make the decision, do I switch to beans, my advice is to look at your bean yields from three to five years ago and then subtract seven to 10 bushel off of that number if they're beans on beans. I would rather you make your decision this way than to get caught by surprise in the fall. Using last year's yields when making decisions on what to plant this year, I believe could be unrealistic. You want to use realistic expectations close as possible as you work through the strategies for each field for yourself, your banker, your marketer, your landlord, as close as we can make those guesses. This week, the crew did a good job. They took a pretty good swing at our plots, but we have a long way to go. So some adjustments will be made as we continue. Here at CropTech, uh, at the CropTech site, we are all planted except for our late planted uh, bean block. So this means uh, we won't have to do a preventive planting breakout at our summer field day or the Farm Journal Corn Bean College. Soil testing crews are fighting the good fight just like you guys are. They're scrapping for every acre they can find, every dry spot they can get to and putting in the long hours. Katie says they have finished the spring testing and are rolling as hard as conditions will let them on the summer testing. We need to keep these guys as efficient as possible. So get your summer testing turned in so they can clean them up when they're in your area. It is much more efficient than coming back for straggler fields. This helps us to keep ours and in turn your costs down. I'd like you all to keep Bobby Trainer and his family in your prayers. Bobby lost his short battle with cancer last week. 
if you would keep him and his family and the entire trainer grain operation in your prayers, it would be appreciated. This is a tough enough spring by itself without dealing with the loss of a loved one on top of it. Try to take some time this week to celebrate Memorial Day. Take a moment to think about all the great men and women who have fought and died for us so we could have the luxury of being able to plant this crop in the greatest place on earth. Thinking about what they went through will make you realize that planting this season is really no fret at all. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.